There are people out there who want a piece of you. And if you don't own your day, someone else will. So to have fun, this is what I need to accomplish today. That needs to be front and centre. And then you can't get pulled into other people's circuses. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Stay Hungry podcast. Today, it's Joel and Andy, and we're talking about the power of mindset in marketing, how to master your thoughts and achieve your business goals. Andy, how are you doing? Good. Always like talking about mindset. The last time we recorded, I had a cold. This time, you've got a cold-ish. No, I just sound like It's just my deep, husky voice. Oh, okay. So okay. mindset. So I'm sat here naked, surrounded by scented candles. What's going on? I don't know, but I'm enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think uh, mindset, I used to think that's a right load of bollocks. I know you did. It's taken me eight years to crack that nut. Um, I don't think you can do anything in life unless you believe you can. And I think a lot of people talk about mindset and mental health and well-being in a way that it's about coping with life, which doesn't necessarily appeal to everyone. And actually, when it when it's talked about in a way that it's about enhancing your life, suddenly it becomes a tool that people can get behind. Cool. Do you know, when I was a kid, mum bought me this uh, poster. I can't remember the beginning of it, but the, the, it ends saying, life's battles don't always go to the stronger or faster man, but sooner or later the man who wins is the one who thinks he can. Now, obviously, you couldn't just say man now, be one or person or something, but I still remember that now. And so always been interested in whether it's positive thinking, drive, determination, stubbornness, my mum used to call it. But when it came to business, I think when, you know, we set up so many years ago, so focused on just getting business in, knocking on doors, hustling on the phone, doing meetings, doing deals. Yeah, just never had the time to think about any of the mindset aspects of success. Yeah. And I think, you know, the connection between mindset and marketing is very much on, on a really basic level, is the what if this doesn't work? And the counter-argument to that is, well, what if it does? And and there are people out there that are massively afraid of failure, but there's also people out there that are afraid of success. And that mindset piece for, right, I'm about to drop five grand on ads, and it might end up that I waste five grand. That, In all fairness, that is... A mindset thing that you need to get a handle on. So Kim Constable was talking, I think last year, the sculpted vegan. She was talking on Instagram about how she had to launch a new vegan bodybuilding program, and one of her children was in hospital, pretty sick at the time. And she she's saying she vividly remembers being sat in this hospital next to her daughter's bed on her phone, about to put I think a hundred thousand dollars worth of um, ad budget on, on to, behind her Facebook program, and. I don't think I'd ever get to that point, but yeah, that you've got to make though you've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm. Like, and uh, she's—I mean, God, I'd look at her account last night. She's over a million followers on Instagram now, incredibly wealthy. But there aren't many people who be that kind of special. But we also know people who spending a hundred pounds on ads would be like, "Oh, what should I do? What if the ads don't? Work? What, if, what if someone comments on my ads? What if someone calls me a dickhead on my ads?" Yeah, well, and that kind of fear alone can stop people from pressing the button. Yeah, it's it's a weird one that you're putting your head above the parapet in more than one way, and that whole like piece of knowing where your attention should go, where your focus should be, 
and what not to worry about is effort. And most people, I suppose, especially the older I get, you realise that people weren't that bothered about you anyway. So it's like, well, you might as well be yourself and do what you want to do, what's best for you, your business, your livelihood, your family, than worry about what other people might say. Because you know what? They've got their own shit to deal with. Mm. So some troll might make a comment, for example, on one of your Facebook ads. But guess what? The second they press send, they've moved on to something else. Yeah. They don't give a shit about you. And that's why I generally, you know, one of our clients asked us yesterday when they got baited, what should I do? I said, yeah, just delete them. The comment will get removed and you'll never have to deal with that prick again rather than giving them your energy. Yeah. I, I sway between just ignoring it and using it as an opportunity, but I never take offense anymore. I would have done back in the day, but now I'm just like, don't get me wrong, I might screenshot and use it at one of our webinars. But yeah, yeah, no. I, especially I, if they I, made a typo. I, oh, oh, like, don't come at me with a typo. When someone man. drops the you're a fucking C-bomb on one of our ads, I do quite like the you okay, hun, type response. <laughs> <laughs> but more for my own entertainment. But I also think that the other people looking at that ad will then be like, oh, this company's got a sense of humour. They're not, you know, they're not necessarily hiding from the fact that they get hate. And that's a mindset piece too, because... You know, so, some people won't like me, shock, and that's okay. This is something else the Sculpted Vegan did, actually. Um, she gets loads of hate. And, well, you know, the, the bigger you are, the, the more you'll get. And someone was calling her out about something, and, and she was totally in the wrong. And so Kim screenshotted it and started using that in her stories. And, of course, this woman saw that. And, my God, she got the right eye saying, I didn't give you my consent to use this. It's like, you can't have it both ways. You can't publicly knock someone through your own public profile and expect not to be shot down because, guess what, the customer isn't always right. And, in fact, these trolls, they're not even fucking customers. And I think that whole... The the day of the customer and the supplier is gone. It's all about relationships. And that, can, that doesn't have to be a positive relationship. It could be a negative relationship. So as soon as you engage with someone, positively or negatively, expect them to engage back. So if someone's listening, how you said it doesn't bother you anymore, like when you get twats and stuff. Because mm. obviously, you know, in terms of having a growth mindset, whatever you want to call it, what can someone do to not let shit like that stop them from pressing the button? So I used to think that criticism... And some, some criticism is, like, you know, I'm not off in La La Land, but I used to think criticism was a reflection of me. So someone would be like, you're a prick, or that's not the ROAS. This I didn't is, mean that. <laughs> that's not the ROAS. This is the ROAS, or whatever they want to say. It doesn't have to be like a horrible barb, but just usually criticism is a reflection on the person giving the criticism, not the person being criticised. And if you think back to every point in your life, where you've said something jolly and someone in the room's gone. Yeah, but you weren't saying that last week when you fell off your chair, were you? (laughs) It's actually a reflection on them, isn't it? They're trying to bring you back down a peg because their self-worth is low or because they don't believe in themselves or they don't have the success you have. And so if someone attacked us on our ads and I knew them personally and thought they were a friend, I'd still find that offensive. I'm not a lunatic. But when some stranger says, you're a prick on an ad where all I'm trying to do is give away a free guidebook that will help people, 
I'm quite happy to accept that that's probably a reflection on them. Mm -hmm. And occasionally maybe it is a reflection on me. And I'm all right with that as well, that some people just won't like me. And that's okay too. Yeah, that's that's a tough one for some people. I think to, I do think fundamentally most humans are people pleasers. They want to be loved by Mm. everyone. But no matter what you do, you ain't going to be loved by everyone. So again, you might as well be yourself. Yeah, yeah. We're genetically predispositioned to want to fit in. That's how you survive, right? By fitting in. Um, or taking over. Blend in with the herd. Yeah, blend in or take over. And most people aren't going to take over, so they try and blend in. And so, yeah, wanting to be liked, wanting to not attract negative attention. Some people don't like attracting positive attention. It's understandable, but it's not going to get you very far with your marketing. Go on, explain, explain that a bit deeper. Some people don't want the positive attention. So... Particularly in this country, if you you can try it, you know, if you're listening to this, go into the other room and give your partner a compliment. And I'd say nine out of ten people, that person will struggle to take that compliment. Or next time you're on stage, say something positive about someone else in the room and then just take a moment to look at them. And most people will struggle to take that positivity. People having a, the light shined on them, positive or negative, struggle mm, with it. And it's a mindset piece that to overcome thing? that. I, 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 I think it, oh, it was well, nothing. It was nothing. Well, it was. You did something to help me. Why don't you accept the compliment? Yeah. And it's almost rude to deflect mm. the compliment, but we don't mean to be rude. Mm. But Americans struggle with British people that deflect compliments because they're like, well, why wouldn't, like, why wouldn't you take a deep breath and enjoy it sort yeah. of thing? Um, but, you know, it's, it is a bit cultural, but... Again, won't serve you very well with your marketing if someone says, I'd really like to work with you, and you say, well, I'm not that good. That's <laughs> <laughs> not ideal. So so what kind of strategies? I mean, I would say that fear is a massive obstacle in people's mm. growth mindset um, to press the button. You said stick your head above the parapet because to, when you grow your business, you're going to become more visible. And, mm. and most of the businesses that we grow they are sort of based on a personal brand. They're not faceless corporations. Yeah, They're yeah. businesses of different sizes, but usually with like independent business owners, very much the face of the business. Yeah. So they've got to be okay with being more visible. And I think fear, like, again, that fear of what someone might say might stop people from serving as many people as they should. So what, what kind of strategies could we talk about to help them not even get over that, to better process it maybe? To help them get perspective, I think, because I mean, a big one we say to our team and to each other is you're not the main character in anyone else's story. So if you are putting yourself out there, yes, you'll be more noticed, but people don't notice you so much that you become their only talking point. It's still very disposable. Um, but I guess the other thing is having the perspective of what if I don't? So we made an active decision to become the faces of code break because ultimately to promote a faceless brand would have cost us a lot more. Um, with that comes a certain level of responsibility in terms of asking to do speaking gigs, asking to guest on podcasts, having to try not to be a dickhead in the pub because someone might recognize you <laughs> all these, you know, I was literally thinking about this last weekend. I went to a away football match and there was a bit of banter going on, nothing too serious. And I just thought to myself, 
this is all on camera. There's people taking pictures. Me, effing and jeffing at Derby fans, probably not wise, so I won't. Um, and I'm, I'm by no means a celebrity, but it's that, it's that awareness. And I think it's such an obstacle for people to say, to say right, I'm going to take this on my shoulders now. I'm going to be the face of this, or I'm going to make my opinion known, not try and blend in, not hide behind a Twitter account. That we, Very few people do that, or people have that mindset, people like me don't do this. And why not? Why not you? And I, th- and I think when you start to ask yourself those deep questions, like what's holding me back? Why not me? That's when you start to do things that surprise you. Yeah. I wonder if it all starts, well, I suppose everything starts in childhood, but, you know, that that people are still labelled failures at school, not as bad as it used to be, but, you know, you come bottom in maths or whatever. There, there's definitely that that fear of what people might say, that fear of being labelled that stops people from making these decisions. And like you said, I'm sure there used to be something on the wall here. Is it oh, not bloody Winnie the Pooh? C.S. Lewis, that, that quote about, oh, what if I fall, but oh, my darling, what if you fly? Oh, it's Mary Poppins. Isn't is that it? Mary Poppins? Yeah. Um, and it, did you see uh, Dick Van Dyke on um, the American Mask Singer or whatever? He was unveiled. Funnily enough, <laughs> no. But I also found out last night that on the UK one, Richie Sambora was on it. Yeah, I heard that. He's not mm. in Bon Jovi now, is he? No, drugs. Oh, shit, really? It is age. Fucking hell. Thought he'd done it all by then. Um, but yeah, it, it was Dick Van Dyke. Like fuck me, what ninety seven or something? Why? But yeah, anyway, I'm sure that yeah, I'm sure we had that quote in our wall at some point. And it's like yeah, you, rather than thinking negatively, what if this doesn't happen? What if it doesn't happen? Who are you providing for? Start with why. You know, for me, my wife, my girls, always comes back to them, which is easier for me to put a perspective on. So I'm a bit worried about doing this, but if I don't do this. What could be the consequence for Emma and the girls? And some people might not have a why. Maybe that's the issue. Yeah, broad brush. It's employee mindset versus entrepreneur mindset. That if if you want to be, you know, we've got employees. I have to be careful what I say. But if if you want the security of a job and holiday pay and to be part of a team and to not worry if things go south, then maybe a employee mm-hmm. career is for you. But if you want the rewards, uh, and I don't just mean financial, I I mean mindset rewards, freedom rewards of being an entrepreneur, you have to accept that that comes with risks and a different type of comfort zone. So would you say there are people that, well, actually, I suppose we, we know quite a few people who, even though they haven't wanted to, it's got to the point where they've got to accept it's not this just isn't for me. But maybe they even stay in the game longer than they should because, again, that what if people think, oh, he failed at that business, now he's gone back to working for the man? When, of course, again, people are dealing with their own shit and they'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry it didn't work out for you. And then they've moved on. Yeah, the only, the only real failure is stopping. Mm-hmm. As long as you keep going one way or another, well, you're, doing, we, you're we, doing better than most we people. We talked about it before, didn't we, about the difference in setbacks and failures. And some people like, one little setback. And there was this, this, this person I know who said they were going to give up drinking for 12 months. And they, like, I think after three months, got shit-faced at a friend's wedding. That, oh, I failed. It just went back to boozing again. It's like, no, you didn't fail. It's just a setback. Just get back on the horse tomorrow. Yeah. Everyone has setbacks. I, I think, I, like, you know, 
being completely honest on mindset, I have that with food. I, I'll eat really clean for a month. I'm eating now, fucking clean at the moment. I've never seen a, such a small lunch. And it wasn't great. Um, was it? Apart from my, small? Just a my protein katsu curry. Mm, tasty. It was good, actually, yeah. I'll get oh, that okay. again. Um, but, but yeah, like for me, I know one of the things I need to work on is I'll eat clean for a certain amount of time and then an event comes up and there's a buffet mm. and I've got oh, no buffets. got no choice but to eat what's on the buffet. And then the following day, my mindset is, well, I didn't eat that great yesterday, so what's it going to hurt if I don't eat great today? And before you know it, you're three months down the line and you've been eating shit for three months. Mm. And, I, and I see that with business owners. They're like, can be like, yeah, I'm going to work really hard on my mindset. I'm going to build a growth mentality. I'm going to read all the self-help books that I can and then one small setback mm. and they drop back into what I'm broad brush saying is an employee mindset where they're like, well, it'd be a lot easier if I just got paid to go on holiday. And I mean, the outcome, the upshot is what we're talking about. It's fucking hard work. Cause mm. it was, I did a video this morning about consistency in your marketing, but it's the same with your mindset growth. You need to work on it every day, whether that's journaling, whether that's certain techniques, meditation, whatever, because a few days out of the game, and you might have taken a few steps backwards. It's every, you know, especially when fucking things like pandemics happen. Holy shit, you've, you've got to make yourself as, as bulletproof as possible. Because there are some people out there that need everything. I mean, 100% of stuff to be right. And all it takes is that 1% to yeah. go wrong. And they obsess it. They don't think about the, the 99% that's going well that they've succeeded. Yeah, yeah. They think about the 1%. That, that was me four years ago, 100%. 100% beat myself up terrible for any tiny mistake. And then... So what, what, so what flipped or was it a gradual process? Gradual process. Um, was it working with me more? Yeah, maybe. The, the challenge was that eventually I needed to become more resilient to put up with you. No, um, I uh, had a bad time through COVID uh, with my own mental health. Um some on, on a serious level, the options were get a fucking handle on this or you're going to die. Um, and I'd started to take a bird's eye view of things. I started to remove myself from myself and, and try and look at the bigger picture and look at the things I'd achieved and then look at if I've achieved that much with all of these things holding me back, what could I achieve if some of these things weren't holding me back anymore? And what can I let go of? And what can I do more of? And, and, and I've told the story on the podcast before, but that's when I bought the NFT that got me access to VCon in America. That's, that's what, really doubling down then. Because that's, that's it's not a small investment financially, was it? So No, no, it, it was reasonable. Um, that's when we sold the house. Um, that's when I got rid of my car and changed cars. So there was quite a few things I did to enable myself to do do things, uh, free up some cash, take away some worries, get a bird's eye view on things. Um, and we wrote the book at the same time, mm -hmm. roughly. And it got, it got a great reception. Now, I'm not saying everyone should go and write a book, but what I am saying is it, it took a certain level of mental strength to write a book in the first place, to have the discipline to do it when the world's going mad. Give some tip. Focus on. focus on yeah some people they've got too much time on their hands because they they they've got no clear direction and focus so their attention goes to some of the shit that's going on yeah and then and then off the back of that 
it was like, right, okay, I can see the compound effect of my positive actions. And I've never, it's, it's a weird one. Like I'm a loud introvert, so I've never feared talking in front of a group or being on a podcast or being the captain of a sports team. That kind of stuff doesn't, doesn't bother me. I can take responsibility like that. Well, I really fear my own self criticism and then it spirals out of control and then you start to absorb everybody else's criticism and that's when the mindset piece can go wrong. And it just, that just doesn't happen now. So how, um, so I know Paul Mort said when we interviewed him, criticism is the cost of admission. Yes. For being a business owner. What can you do? I'm not saying to avoid criticism because obviously there's criticism and there's advice. I suppose there's constructive yeah. advice. So generally speaking, there's only three types of people I'll take advice from anyway, because everyone's an expert, especially yeah, when it yeah. comes to everyone's, everyone else's business, everyone else's money, everyone else's kids and pets and all that kind of shit. But there are things you can do that are hard to basically surround yourself with uh, less critical people, shall we say, because online's got a lot to yeah. answer for here. So, and I'm going through this at the moment again, it's an ongoing process. So I've just been on holiday and on the holiday, I made a list of people that I'm going to cull from my life. Is this online or people you see? Both. Right. Okay. And, um, and the logic was I, I made the list and then the, the, the first one, long list, quite long. Yeah. Blimey. To be fair. Um, the first ones to go are the ones where, right, I'm not going to text email or call these people. And if I don't hear from them for two months, they don't need to be in my world. Okay. So that, that was the first one. And those are all people you, you see in the flesh? Not all that I see in the flesh. Right, okay. But, but just a case of, actually, is this just me keeping this alive? Is okay. this energy wasted? Mm-hmm. Or, and I, and I don't mean like if your nan's ill and she can't message you. Fucker. <laughs> like you still pop and visit her. I just mean the, pe- the, the people that only want you when you're there for them kind of thing. So that's the first lot. Then it's the people who, when I spend time with them, they take a lot more than they give. Ah, oh, back, back to family. Um, <laughs> I think for a lot of people, it's it. Well, yeah. I, I, I mean, there it, wasn't, yeah. there wasn't much family on the list to be but fair. I've already called most of them. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the, yeah, there are people that I meet up with, and even if they're nice people in the loosest of terms, you know, they appear nice, mm-hmm. they're kind, they say all the right things. When you look at the kind of micro of the situation, all they do is take. Oh, okay. And I don't think... I, I don't think that they're bad people. It's just that's their pattern. And... I know loads of people like that. I was just thinking, fuck, I know loads of people like that. Yeah, loads. Like We're really lucky with our team here that none of them are like that. You know, we talk often about um, the importance of going out there, pressing the flesh now that we can do that again. And it staggers me how many seasoned business owners we meet when we go out who all they do is talk about themselves and see what they can get from you. And they've got zero interest in you. It's, It's like, say... It's take, take, take. But these are people that's like, fuck, you should know better by now, especially at your age. Yeah. And you sit there and you think, I've asked this guy questions. They haven't asked me a single question about it. And all they do is just talking at me and basically pitching me their shit. So I've seen two things in the last 24 hours that I thought were really profound about this. And one was 
before Jesse Itzler had ever made it, before before he was a big deal, even before he had a rap song. So way, way... Well, you read his seal book. You did read Yeah, that with Goggins. Goggins. Yeah, yeah. So way before that, way before he was a musician, he used to go into this hotel in Beverly Hills and he realised you could go in the hotel as long as you were eating or drinking. Right. So he wasn't staying in the hotel, but he knew all the big players passing through Beverly Hills were staying in this one hotel. And he, he spoke to the concierge and they said, yeah, as long as you're eating or drinking, it's fine. So we had a salad there every day for lunch, $11. And, um, and so every day for an hour, he spent the time in the company of like mega players in the music industry, the sports industry, the business world. And all he did for that hour, when he had the opportunity, when someone sparked up conversation, was ask them powerful questions. And he said he made more connections by making people feel heard than at any other stage in his life. I haven't heard that one. And then on the way in today, I was listening to the Alex Hormozy podcast and he was talking about uh, the power of reciprocity mm-hmm. and that anytime he meets someone that he deems as um, potentially being an opportunity for him in the future without it sounding too transactional. Mm-hmm. And it might be, they're a spiritual guide, like you're not going to give them money or something. It might be that they're a child that's done amazing at door to door selling bracelets. It could be anything. It doesn't have to be like some billionaire that he's going to try to buy off. He always gives to them first. Okay. He said, because the human condition is once someone's given to you, culturally, particularly in the Western world, we feel obliged to mm. give back. And yet, you and I, when we go to most conferences, networking events, shows most people are on the take i only give it 10 minutes now if i'm speaking with someone and they haven't asked me a question in those 10 minutes i'll make my excuse you need the toilet and, and move on sorry i gotta go and blow my nose yeah because it's just why what's the outcome if they haven't asked in 10 minutes they, they never are going to and that's fine like you say they're not even malicious they just they just don't know but if they if they struggle ever to sell in their business that's a good indicator of why, because they they probably haven't even qualified the person they're selling to because they never ask them any questions. They don't know what pain they're in. Get energy. Just that whole thirst. It really shows. Everyone knows. It's like it's like going to the markets in Turkey or something and being bombarded by the But why don't we ever say anything? Sellers. I'm thinking about this one bloke now, husband and wife, you know. Um Oh and, and we met them. It's like I suppose, is it our place to say, because we're not a client of theirs, to say, can I stop you there? Do you realise you've been talking about 10 minutes, I've been asking you lots of questions about your business. You haven't asked me a single thing about mine. Can I ask why? I, I've got why. a little bit of dickhead about me in those situations. Because it's happened to me quite a lot recently. And a couple of times now, I've, at the end of the conversation, I've gone, yeah, and I'm fine, thanks for asking. You know Mark Luckman, don't you? Mm. Right, so <laughs> he'd always go to a meeting. And basically, if someone didn't offer him a drink, he'd sit down and be like, oh, a cup of tea would be lovely, thank you. <laughs> I Love thought, that. Brilliant. Love Wish that. I could have the balls to do that. But it's like, yeah, it's right. Just politely, yeah. I did I did it at the football the other day and embarrassed my friends. And this, like, this doesn't come over well on audio. But the, I saw this. We sit in the middle of the stand, in the middle of the row. And I saw this woman coming. She was late to the game. So we're all sat down watching the game and everyone's having to stand up to let her by, let her by, let her by. And she's like grumbling away as she goes along. And she gets to us and obviously we all stand up and tuck her tummies in and let her squeeze past. And she didn't say a word. Mm. And so when she got just past me, I just was like, yeah, you're fucking welcome. 
and that, that's my humour. Right. Obviously, my mate, like my mate's horrified. Everyone else around horrified. I'm like my eyes are streaming, laughing at my own joke. <laughs> <laughs> but mm. I just can't deal with that. And what was her reaction? Oh, I just pretended she didn't hear me. Maybe she didn't. Maybe she was deaf. That now I feel no, bad. You feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it just mm. you come across it so much. People so involved in their own worlds. Well, I get annoyed when people don't let me out of traffic. I've witnessed you get annoyed about that. And it's like, yeah, it's like, or oh, you let someone else out. And they just drive by. Well, thank you. Thank you. It'd be nice. It's like, terrible. I'm going to stop being such a Christian driver. Yeah. I, oh, see, we're, we're going to event, an event in two weeks. I won't mm-hmm. say what the event is. But I really wonder if I should practice making people not talk about themselves. <laughs> just as a game. Maybe we should just say, answer a question, what would you like to ask me about my business? See what their reaction is. Because it goes a little bit against the reciprocity thing of allowing someone the gift of talking. But at the same time, there's, there will be people there that we've met before who will tell us the same story they've told us before and then not ask us a question. And I don't think I can cope with that. But like when I worked in corporate. Oh <laughs> like in the old days, we used to go breakfast networking. You'd be able to spot it a mile off. The newbie who'd come along and they just hoover up all the business cards and just sell, 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 not ask a single question of anyone else. And then, of course, they'd go off mumbling, saying, well, that was shit, I'm never coming here again. It's like, you, you don't get it. And, maybe, you know, again, come back to that video I did this morning, consistency. You've got to show up regularly. Do your due diligence about, you know, before going down some new kind of avenue. Do your due diligence, test and measure, but be consistent and show an interest. See, I, I really hope people are taking something from this podcast because I wish I knew what I know now when I networked 10 years ago because I could have done a quarter of the work for the same amount of money, had much stronger conversations, made people feel more heard because I didn't have the skill set to ask powerful questions. Asking powerful questions is one of the top 10 things I've learned over my years, but hands down even though the seeds were there from what my dad used to tell me about you know two ears and one mouth um so i'd like to think i've always been a good listener i, I love that ratio but, but there's a difference i suppose between listening and, and generally asking someone questions they think okay now so when i get people on the phone i says well, what's the number one thing i can do to help you right now generally speaking they're like oh fucking hell right okay that's um an amazing mindset hack for when you're in an environment that you feel uncomfortable in as well so at conferences, chances are you'll bump into business people that you aspire to. That, that's what happens. But equally, if you meet a celebrity or a comedian or some, someone that you love, film star, if you ask them a powerful question like, hi, Andy, what's the best thing that's happened to you this week? I guarantee you no one else has asked them a question like that that day. They'll just be like, bloody hell, you're asking me a question about me rather than... Because most people approach a business owner or a celebrity with a, like... Can you just sign my thing or what? What are under debt like? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. like in real life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you go up to like, yeah, you, you go up to Brad Pitt and say, "What was Angelina like?" It's like not ideal, is it? Where if you say, <laughs> if you say, you know, like, what's the best thing that's ever happened to you this week, or what what challenging things have you got going on that I can help you with right now? Mm. They'll they'll be like bloody hell, and also it'll make you less nervous to be in that environment. That's a good one. What other advice have we got? Like, I mean, a part of it comes back to 
without going too woo-woo and chanting naked. Although we self, are. Self, although we are, and those scented candles are going out now. Um, self-care is an integral part to, to having a growth mindset, yeah. I suggest. And um, because, what's this, something else Paul said? What was it about um, mental health needs physical support? Yeah, I love that. And that was like, fucking hell, that, that's, that's deep. Because obviously we both spend quite a lot. Of, I know we have, we have uh, cheat days, but generally speaking, we look after ourselves well. We're good, you know, good with the booze and all that kind of stuff. Um, it is hard, I think, to have an abundant mindset if you're like caning it multiple times a week. You don't exercise. Yeah. So like number one on that is sleep massively. Like it doesn't matter how healthy you've been in all other areas of your life. If you're not getting sleep, you end one, you're knackered. So your body struggles, but two, you end up in your own head. When you t- everyone ends up in their own head when they're tired, you're naggy, you're groggy, you start worrying about things you don't normally worry about. It's just what happens. So getting on top of your sleep is massive. Number two, I'd say is probably nutrition. So like I eat too many calories, happily admit that on the podcast, but I do have my my nutrition is good. I I my macros are good. Um, you know, I get my vitamins. Generally I'm not ill. Um, tend to get out for a walk in the sunshine you know the, the things you need to do and then I think after obviously third exercise and then the things to think about that most people don't think about is pe- people are generally terrible at breathing mm-hmm. um, and not I don't mean we all need to do Wim Hof although I don't think it would hurt but now that a lot of the smart watches will tell you the last time you took a breath a lot of people will be shocked how often they accidentally hold their breath. And just taking a moment to be present and take a few breaths whilst you're doing any activity makes a massive difference. And then down from that, it's about what's your self-talk like? Are you taking a bird's eye view of what's going on or are you battering yourself? Um, how do you talk to others? Because that's normally a, re- a reflection of your own state. Um, how are you thinking about problems do they present as challenges or do they present as like a mountain you're never going to be able to climb how do you think about things that are going well is it a case of you're humbled by them and actually you're grateful and are you writing that down or is it a case of you're you feel like you deserve it and you're using it to pump yourself up because again there's some pain coming your way if it's that side Uh, and all of those things i think can dramatically impact your performance as a business owner. I think about some of the business owners we look up to, and without insulting anyone, they're, they're all in very good shape. I mean, if you look at someone like Branson, how old is he now? Must be well into his 60s, right? Yeah, maybe more, yeah. Yeah, he's still like pretty fucking lean. Yeah. Anything about Gary V. There's a few, isn't there, more. outliers, but very, like Elon Musk, not in good nick. He's, um, not, he's not terrible, not terrible. But, but you can tell when he's paying attention to it or not. Um, but yeah, like the top, the top, top. Are Tony all, Robbins, other people, the real. Grant Cardone. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Lewis Howes, like a bloody professional athlete. Yeah. So. It's, um, yeah, that link. And obviously people will say, oh, I've got time to do I've got time. Well, you will, you will find the time. If it's that important to you, you will find the time. Yeah, I, it's, the, it's the number one thing I struggle with the most. And I, but I know, I know, mm. I have to get on top of it. I know that training 
physical training is part of being a business owner? I think when, um, I think it's Robin Sharma's last book. Was it Jay Shay? No, Robin Sharma's last book. Oh, I was calling that, escapes me. Um, where he talks about how much focused productivity the average person has. Mm. And he reckons it's about five hours a day. So I'm not saying turn up to the office at two and work till seven or whatever. But I used to beat myself out. Oh, well, I haven't really got time to do my breath work this morning, you know, because I, I, I must get to the office. You know, that, that 10 minutes is just too important. But I know if I don't do certain stuff now, my productivity goes down anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I tend to only have calls and meetings scheduled between specific times. Well, one, we know we can't be at everyone's beck and call anyway, so that's important in itself. But to to put yourself – was it Joe Parrish said when you were up in Glasgow, asked whether we give ourselves or our business more attention? And I think we, we were both like, well, of course we give ourselves more attention. But when we looked at it, it's like, no, no, we don't. Nowhere near. No. Nowhere near. And it's like, I suppose both of us own dogs, so that's good. So no matter what, come rain or shine – we they get at least walking. one walk a day. And I was reading a report last week saying about, um, uh, it's about dementia and about like one of the best things you can do is, is your, is your daily steps. I'm You're all sure right then. Cause the other, the second best thing you can do is learn a language. Yeah. So. Got, got my duo, a Duolingo. Fucking hell. What a, what, what an app. Um, he, and one of the, one of the guys who came up with that is, is one of the, the guys in the tools of Titans, book, mm. Tim Ferriss's book. But yes, yeah, amazing app. Um, like my mum with a Sudoku and crosswords every day, and she's 75 now. Just keeping sharp, your brain. Sharp as a tack, uh, keeping. That's where retirement now for me, it can't involve what happened with my dad, just just switching off and almost like not having anything to do because your, your cognitive ability will just like. Whoosh, uh, yeah, and I hope, I hope for me that I'll still lift weights into old age because I think letting your body get too weak is risky too mind and body both need to remain strong lots of uh i see lots of much older people at the gym now doing some work. yeah i've had to change the bloody afternoon workouts because my gym in the morning is full of retired meatheads oh really <laughs> um, fair play yeah. fair play to them like it's awesome they're starting their day right um yeah i've, I've got to do mornings really like friday so, so we're going away on thursday we're back Friday lunchtime, so I've got to exercise that afternoon just because of the training plan. But generally speaking, it has to be in the morning. And now the lights of the morning is getting lighter as well. It's much easier. So this mm. morning, we were up earlier, walking the dogs. Um, but like when you mentioned about sleep, that's where I would cut back on if I, if I thought I need to get stuff done. But after reading that book by Matthew Walker about sleep, realize that, no, that, that has to be the non-negotiable. Mm. But, you know, it's hard because everyone's coming out now saying, oh, I need five hours. Oh, Jocko Willink only needs six hours. These people are probably exceptional. And some might say at some point in their lives that will catch up with them. Yeah. And, I mean, there's not enough research, but they they might not have a mental breakdown. Their bodies might not, they might not gain weight, but other things go wrong. Well, this Matthew Walker, the sleep guy, he was on Chris Evans' podcast. Um, and in the UK anyway, Maggie Thatcher is a common example of someone who only needed apparently four hours sleep a night. Yeah. And obviously she had a great relationship with President Reagan at the time, who also only needed four hours sleep a night. And Matthew Walker pointed out, no hard evidence, but both of those people, what did they struggle with later on in life? They both struggled severely with dementia. Now, obviously there could be different reasons for that, but he said the fact they only get four hours sleep a night for most of their lives, probably not going to help. Yeah. That was interesting. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, just look at any other predator, which is humans essentially a predator. Any chance they get, they sleep. Yeah. The humans, the only animal you'll notice doesn't do that. That predator creature. And, and yet, we're probably meant to. Fucking hell, can you imagine sat down, us sat down 10 years ago talking about stuff like this? Can you imagine people tuning into this podcast and hearing me say, if you think about any other predator? <laughs> so, in summary, what what's the best way to start working on your mindset? If I was just one piece of advice, I'd say, bear with me, um, journaling, some kind of record where you can set your intentions for the day write down what you're grateful for, which might be hard when you're having a shit day, and to write down your wins so you have a go-to resource to remind you when when the chips are down, all the stuff you have accomplished, no matter whether that's something as simple as getting up when the alarm goes off rather than hitting snooze, whatever you can count as a win, take it. And having that record and sitting down and looking at things, shit, look what I've done. Look, what I, look where my focus has got to be on today. What are my non-negotiables today? to move me forward because when you're giving those important things focus guess what you've got less time to worry about some twat popping up on facebook calling you a prick yeah yeah see i do that and then i also do the write down what mood you're in so tired grumpy angry and pressured and then how you're feeling so just get it out on paper <coughs> because it'd be amazing how much the the feelings you're having impact how you're thinking so the day you're not tired and you're feeling energetic and you're feeling positive you could have gone through exactly the same thing but your reaction on the page is completely different gives you a really really different view on how your thoughts work and that that thoughts aren't real yeah i think i think another without just talk about journaling now for the rest of it it's to have that go-to resource to remind you that you have accomplished a lot is great also, when it comes to planning your day, and something, again, took me a long time to realise, there are people out there who want a piece of you. And if you don't own your day, someone else will. So to have, this is what I need to accomplish today, mm. that needs to be front and centre. And then you can't get pulled into other people's circuses. Yeah. Because otherwise, before you know it, it's be five o'clock, you think, shit, well, I haven't done anything I want to do today. I've taken a phone call from him. I've taken a phone call from her. I've run off to a meeting because he wanted it. And it's all great for them. But we think, well... Is that good for my wife and children? Well, no, because I need to do these three things to help them and I haven't done any of it. Mm. And write it, just the simple act of writing it down will make it more likely to happen. Yeah, and that whole like self-worth thing is ultimately about feeling like you're making progress. So if you've got things you need to get done and you're ticking them off, it genuinely does improve your self-worth. And most business owners don't know where they're going or they go around in circles. Because, yeah, they haven't got a, a map drawn out from A to B. This is where I want to go to. Because a lot of stuff does get easier when you've got a clear strategy in front of you. Nice. So, Mr. Wright, if someone wants to improve their marketing and their mindset, what do they need to keep an eye out for? Funny you should ask that. Because we're running a number of live events. Oh, where, where do we start, Joel? You put me on the spot now. Um, so, yes, we. if you go to fixmymarketing.co.uk, that's mm-hmm. the best way to get your journey started with us because we've got live events, we've got a couple of amazing masterclasses coming up, because nothing beats being in person, where we could share some of the techniques and processes that we've coached business owners to uh, on their growth journey. 
and we've actually done their marketing for them as well awesome thanks for listening to the stay hungry podcast and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review now if you're looking to sort your marketing out visit fixmymarketing.co.uk and get in touch today